Welcome one and all to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast. My name's Imran, TJ Sutherland, Dan Kolokar. With new episodes released on the first and third Mondays of the month. Catch Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast at foreverinelectricdreams.com. How's it going everybody? TJ Sutherland here on the Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast. Uh, as I'm sure you know by now, our new shows go, new shows go live every third and uh, first Monday of every month. I said that really backwards, what the hell? Uh, and you can find all of our previous shows on our website, which is foreverinelectricdreams.com. Uh, and you can also get us on our Twitter at foreverelectric. Uh, as usual, I have my two best buds, Dan Collicott. Evening. Imran Mirza. Howdy. And some other dude called Derek. But no, sorry. Dennis Francois. Uh, ah, don't know your name. Dennis, how are you? Well, I'm I'm fine. TJ. How are you? I'm having a car crash of an intro. How's that? How's that work? For you? That's okay. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. I that you know. It's fine. It's fine. Back on track. Today's topic is going to be about franchises, uh, movies, TVs, TV shows, even um, that sort of thing. How do we define them? What is a franchise? Uh, how do they grow? How do they get better? What does the future hold for the franchise? And uh, why do some fail? Uh, and why won't some just stay dead, in fact? Um, kicking us off in our discussion around, you know, how do we define what a franchise franchise is? There's been a lot of back and forth chat on our WhatsApp group around definitions of what a franchise is. So, Dan, I'm going to throw it over to you. <laughs> um... Because that's how I'm rolling today. How, wow. how do you what do you, what do you when you think of a franchise what what's the first thing that comes to your to your mind? Well, I tend to think of film franchises um, such as I guess Marvel, um, Alien, uh, Predator, RoboCop. Um, but I think in the debate we were kind of saying that it's not enough for a consecutive you know for for consecutive films that all plot the same story to be a, you know, that's not necessarily a franchise so i think we we sort of said that uh, godfather wouldn't be a franchise because that's just three films that that, that tell a particular story mm. so i think it's more more like when there's a shared universe, shared kind of places, spaces, kind of characters, um, there's some overlap with different aspects of the same story. Um, yeah, it, it, it is quite a tricky, tricky one to define. I think, uh, to be fair, uh, I'm going to pass the ball quickly to Dennis because I think Dennis has a much better handle on what a franchise is well i mean we did discuss this quite a bit and my feeling is it's easy to define what i think what a franchise isn't because uh like you said dan a good example the godfather we spoke about that is a series of films which all are really one story i also don't think it's fair to say that just because something might appear in film and say another form like books that makes it a franchise either because either because you know, the majority of films on screen are derived from some other medium. Um, 
And I also don't think that just because something gets rebooted or reimagined that that makes it a franchise. I think for me, the essential part of a franchise is when you have a story um, and then you tell a new story with either the same characters or in the same location. And that could be across multiple forms of media, but it's not related to the original story other than those characters' locations. So the story itself wouldn't count. So the best example I can think of, I was trying to think of what would be the first very clear example of a franchise. And I might be wrong about this. This isn't definitive, but you suppose you could go back to the Bond series in the 60s. There's probably there's pro possibly okay. something earlier than that, but Bond is definitely a situation where you've got the same characters recurring in the same world, but each film essentially tells a different story. And then there are a few which are slightly interlinked because they're mm. dealing with Spectre, for instance, Blofeld or whatever. But generally speaking, they are separate stories, but in the same world. And that, to me, really does define a franchise. Um, I'm sure there are other meanings or, or definitions. There is also, I think it's important to add the money aspect to it because the word franchise does imply the monetization of something. So I mm -hmm. think that's that's interwoven in there as well. But I think when we when we talk about film franchises, we don't really mean the same thing as a fast food franchise. Although when you boil it down, you kind of talking about the same, same thing, thing. As, a, as a McDonald's or a Domino's or a KFC. So, um, so there you go. That's, uh, that's, that's where I'm coming at it with it. So what about, what about you, Bran? What's your, your take well, on franchises? In, in one fell swoop, Dennis has crushed one of my arguments and enhanced one as well. So, <laughs> cause I was, right. I would have the, the, the sort of the, I think the business definition of franchise was that kind of licensing of like trademarks and, and uh sort of properties into different things different areas so i would i was about to make the case that you could say that the walking dead was obviously not we're discussing film franchises so i'm not you know this, i don't imagine this well, we can, you, you can you can go into tv yeah. as well. yeah yeah okay well well the point being that you have it the walking dead as an existing graphic novel series and it's something that has subsequently been licensed to the realms of television so i would have pitched that but that's an interesting point about half of the the films that we see are like basically adaptations from books so i'm probably happy to concede that that may not have been the best example but the, the sort of the the kind of the, the money aspect is definitely something that i was going to say because while i wouldn't dispute at all uh the definition of franchise uh within sort of different films within the shared universe i kind of i i think that the term film franchise has sort of evolved a little bit because I, I distinctly remember i did a, a a film course in um in uni and they they referenced um batman uh the 1989 um one now i don't know how well you guys remember sort of the marketing and promotion uh of that movie because i actually i looked it up on wikipedia because there was a, a quote that was referenced to it uh, uh years and it just always stuck with me but they had said that the, the everything that was around that movie that it wasn't uh, somebody notable i've never been able to find the quote but they said batman wasn't a film it was a franchise and it was basically in relation to the level of sort of merchandising and marketing that went into it and um i've, I've the, the closest i can find to that quote uh, is on it's on thankfully on wikipedia because they do talk about what was the summer of batman where they talked about just the t-shirts the, the, the mcdonald's uh connections the the toys the merchandising and the franchise that it became but there's a quote from the new york observer which 
um, referenced, they said that Batman uh, was less a movie and more a corporate behemoth. And I, I kind of, I, I think that that was probably the first use of franchises within film, but that's not at all how it's looked upon now. It is looked upon as a, that series of movies, whether it's in the same, like a trilogy or within a, a franchise uh, beyond that. Can I, can I add two things to that, uh, Imran? Mm. First of all, with The Walking Dead, I would say that once you're... Once Fear the Walking Dead came out, it became a franchise. Oh, very oh, nice. Right? You, you crushed um, my argument and then saved it. Very good. <laughs> and secondly, interestingly, with about the whole franchise with regards to it being, you know, what you just said about the summer of uh, of Batman yeah. and a corporate behemoth, maybe that ha maybe that is part of the equation as well. That, you know, it's because when you think about a, um, a fast food franchise, you basically take a product like a McDonald's, right and the hamburgers and you franchise out the rights to, for other people other than the original to do it but they have to follow some rules but not all of them normally with a franchise they have to have a certain burger or have it a certain way or whatever but then they're sort of free to 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 get the the products from wherever they want maybe etc etc depends on the type of franchise and that's where you might say okay so we're taking the story and we're going to put other actors in it do you know what I mean? Or we're, we're taking this story and we're going to add something new to the menu, which is only available at this particular franchise. It's why famously, say, McDonald's in Canada or McDonald's in England might have different things from McDonald's in America. So there, there's definitely a link between the two that's a bit sort of hard to find. But I, I agree that that corporate licensing of a product and making more money of it is integral to the idea of a franchise for sure. I, I just had a thought, actually. So... Um... How do how, you know what are your thoughts on how reboots uh, and reimaginings play into the creation of a franchise? Do, like, you know, if we're saying that um, a sequence of films that are all part, like Godfather, isn't you know, isn't uh, in your in your eyes, isn't a franchise, but you know, if someone were to reboot Godfather, I don't know why they would, but. If there was a reboot or reimagining of it or remaking of it, does that then make it become a franchise, or you know how how, do, how what, what part of the reboots and reimaginings play into the creation of a franchise? Is what I'm asking. I I don't think that does make it a franchise because many things over time have been reimagined just for a newer audience a new age think of the number of classic stories war of the worlds for example mm. war of the worlds has been redone you know book radio television tv series over and over again but you wouldn't really consider it a franchise because it's just a classic story which is retold and it gets redone sometimes from a different viewpoint you know most often it's either in a different location so it's set in america or england for instance or mm. it's set now instead of in the 1980s or whatever right but you don't really look at um, there's 1800s as well isn't there there's a version but anyway yeah. um you don't really look at that as being a franchise, franchise. do you know what i mean so i don't yeah. know if re a reimagining i'm not saying that there aren't reimaginings or 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 retellings which aren't part of that but that on its own isn't enough to make it a franchise either as we've seen with because there's currently i didn't even realize this till i got to canada there's two versions of war of the worlds out at the moment on tv yeah <clears throat> and they're both yeah. both terrible <laughs> well um, okay um, I, I, I haven't seen one of them so so but but do you know what i mean but they're they're completely different tellings different production companies um and, and isn't that kind of 
slightly, maybe not a contradiction, but what kind of Imran said about the business end of things with mm. licensing, if you take something like Terminator, where you've essentially had uh, a series of different studios, a series of different writers and producers, all essentially either telling the same story or a different part of the story from a different angle or or even or a continuation of the same story or, or a continuation it feels like that there's been a lot of soft and hard reboots within all those films and each of those different you know that basically that movie um that that license that movie license to make terminator films has, has moved studio uh to a, at least three times so wouldn't you say that was part of a franchise i i see i wouldn't i would say that's part of the light you nailed it it's a it's a licensing here's another example of something similar what about sherlock holmes sherlock holmes exactly the same thing passed around lots of different mm -hmm. takes on it you know the the one set in new york there's one in london with you know recently with benedict cumberbatch there's the ones with robert downey jr but you wouldn't call it all of it a franchise but you might refer to the robert downey jr movie series mm -hmm. as a as a small Sherlock Holmes franchise, but it's not connected to the other Sherlock Holmes. But isn't the issue with that the same as with War of the Worlds? No one owns, c completely owns the right to to make Sherlock-related stories or War of the Worlds-related stories. Does that then, okay, so does that become, this comes into the franchising money aspect, so is that an integral part of it then? It's only really a franchise when all of that money is funneling back to one clear place. Into a single company. Yeah. And that's basically... It, and, you know, going back to the fast food example, with McDonald's, that would be McDonald's, right? Yeah. You know, so... Because even with Walking Dead, um, the graphic novels tell one complete story, and then the first TV series tells... Well, it, it, it sort of tells the same story, but with, a lot, with quite a lot of changes. But then, as you said, the Fear the Walking Dead came out, and there's been there's another TV series out as well, which kind of shares the same story and timelines. It just it just builds a universe. So, what the only reason I'm saying that is is maybe there's an there has to be an aspect of universe building. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's what we yeah. said with the same characters, locations, and or story elements. So I would say, yeah, maybe that you're right. There would be a universe world-building element that somehow these different films, books, whatever, are somehow connected in the same universe, which, you know, in the case of War of the Worlds and Sherlock Holmes, isn't the case. You know, mm -hmm. there's no relationship between the Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, you know, Sherlock Holmes and the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes, or the one that was set in New York. Was it called? Uh, Elementary. Uh, Elementary. Yeah. Another, you know, three completely different versions on the same take. But that's, that, that, that's I would say you're right there, Dan. There would have to be some kind of connected universeness to it. So, I guess... So, sorry, just, just to say, uh, one interesting point uh, with Bond, um, and I guess with Batman, is that each new batman aside from the the standalone robert patterson film which which well presume it's going to be standalone i guess if it does well they, they might consider doing follow-ups but at the moment um you know if we go back to um the first 
the the eighty nine Batman film and the ones that followed, each there was a, a new storyline with each new actor playing Batman and new villains. There, there's no. I mean, I guess it was an aspect of they they some sometimes they would um, redo the origin story, which was the same origin story for how Batman became Batman, but. Like Bond, you know, every time a new Bond comes about, he usually gets between three and five movies that are all kind of a consecutive story, you know, that, that's focusing on him. But they are connected to the other ones because they share other characters. For instance, in all of the Bonds, right the way up to Pierce Brosnan Bond, you had Destin Llewellyn as M, as Q, and the same guy as M. And crossing over from Pierce Brosnan into um uh what's his name now you've daniel, got daniel uh, craig daniel craig you've got the same act, act uh, actor as m um dame uh judy dench um yeah. so there are they are definitely firmly set in the same world even though they are separate stories and you're right there's been what five different actors have played bond but they have been like for instance you know daniel craig drives the same car that sean connery did yes so it's definitely the same universe. It's just but a what, different... What's unusual about Bond is that they're happy to change the main actor rather than the side actors, which is really weird. Normally, that doesn't happen. But yeah. in Bond, it's accepted fact. I mean, for a long time, in the you know throughout the history of Bond, there was this idea that the Bond was a, a mantle and it was actually different people. And that, that idea has been very well sort of discussed that, you know, you, you when you become 007, you become James Bond, you become the guy that drinks vodka martinis, uh, and you, you inherit all of his life. Use that to cover. Yeah. But with Batman, that's not the same, is it? I would say that even though there's so many similarities, and there, there are definitely overlapping characters, like Bane, you know, Bane appeared in... The oh, was it Val Kilmer? Was it Val Kilmer? No, it wasn't. It was um, ah, but there George are over, there are overlapping actors between the different Batman. All right, most notably Alfred. Was he the same Alfred? Yep, he was. Yeah, yep. from, oh, uh, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, and and not not just there's a couple of others as well. Um, they're not like major characters, but there's there is definitely a crossover. I mean, look at the um, there's a crossover of what's his name as Robin. Isn't there from from Clooney to who was the third Batman? Who was the second in the uh, third Valky, movie? Valky, 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 Clooney. Yeah. You've got the same yeah. Robin character and different Batman. But that so, was all to be. But to be fair, those movies, I think, I don't really know. It's it's hard to kind of analyze who who wanted what at what time. I mean, apparently they they didn't carry on. They they moved to Joel Schumacher because they wanted to sell more toys apparently, and they wanted to make uh those films less dark but i think as soon as it then kind of moved to a different arm of a different studio or the same studio but different arm producers directors there was all there was quite a hard reset when uh christian bale started oh, oh, absolutely yes yeah absolutely there's, there's no connection between the christian bale the the christopher nolan batman universe and what came before that, that's we, not uh, that's not the same Batman universe for sure. But we don't know that, and the only well, reason it's pretty we, clear. Well, no, no, no. The only reason I say that um, 
is because there's a lot of speculation about the multiverse stuff. So, I mean, TJ, you, you've kind of outlined uh, kind of more news and information about the, you know, the use of the multiverse, the fact that uh, the yeah. TV versions of Flash uh, appear. And, yeah, yeah Batman, um, Batman, um, I think several Batmans are supposed to be appearing. Although may, maybe from that kind of 80s, nine, sorry, late 80s, 90s period rather than the Christian Bale period. But that, that I think, is a potential genius way of dealing with Tying everything together. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is the part of the show where I invite hate mail from listeners and my other co-hosts here. <laughs> when I say that that speculation is fan bullshit. Did any of that come from DC comics or any of the writers or authors involved? Or did it come from internet um, uh, forums? Because if it comes from internet forums only, then it doesn't count for me. Uh, I, I, think can I, here, I can sit here and make up stuff all I want, post it online. doesn't mean that that's what it is, right? It, it, as, as far as, uh, as I recall, I read it, I read it in a couple of articles. But um, yeah, it, it, it could well be writer speculation for all I know. Yeah, that's what I would say. I, um, you know, it sounds quite harsh, but as a, someone involved in the creation of some of these film franchise, franchises myself, um, only, to me, it's only canon if it comes from the actual creator's like and, and I don't even mean people like me. I mean the people above me, the art directors, the script writers, the owners of the uh, of the content. They're the ones who get to decide. They, yeah, they right. pretty much confirmed. I thought that Michael Keaton is appearing as Batman again because there was a huge, yes, he is. yes, there was a huge Twitter storm because there was I don't know there was I I think someone involved maybe the producer or director or, or even no it was someone another journalist misquoted something or quoted something that inferred that michael keaton was was going to have uh, a much bigger role going forward as batman and it was kind of confirmed that no he he, he is going to appear um but it, it won't be an ongoing thing yeah. yeah, I mean, that could also be Warner Brothers trying to retrofit stuff to make, to tie stuff together, which, you know, if it works, I'm not against it. I'm not against the idea. I think, you know, I think what they did, for instance, with um, with the Flash from the Justice League movies, what's his name, Ezra Miller, and the, and the Grant Gustin Flash in TV is great, you know? And it's yeah. nice that they tie things which were clearly never originally intended to be part of the same continuity, but they found a way to retrofit it together and then added those little bits in. And that's great. I mean, that's, you know, and as a fan, love it. You know what I mean? Well, um, I think, I think they saw the, the, the value, the power of um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and they, you know, that was incredibly successful and they realized what an absolute dog's dinner they, you know, DC have made um, from the recent, um, Batman, Justice League, etc., etc. Anything in the DCU. Yeah, well, I guess, I guess, I guess that kind of you know, you know, if we talk about dying or dead franchises, I mean, you know, why do some of these, you know, you kind of look at the model MCU have done and some other some successful franchises, you know, why do some of them just fall in their ass so badly? Is it creative decisions? Is it, you know? leaving things too long, um, 
just going for a cash grab? You know, what, why do we think some of the biggest franchises, you know, stuff like Terminator's absolute mess, uh, the Predator franchise, um, some of the X-Men movies were not that great. You know, just, you know, what, what, why do you guys think some of the, I mean, I know there's obviously a variety of reasons, but, you know, what are your thoughts on, on failed franchises? Imran, you got any thoughts on why some of them just completely? Yeah, there's, there's, there's two, I think I, I in, there were two sort of in preparation, I think, or, or in anticipation of this question, there were two that came to mind. Um, there was, uh, and one of them is Terminator. And I, and for me, the, when I consider that, I think maybe certain things just aren't franchise or aren't meant to be ongoing stories. There's that uh, another quote that I can't cite, but there's another there's a quote that says that uh, the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over and expect a different result, and that's Terminator. It's like it's like six of the seven movies are basically the pitch meeting is okay. So a Terminator goes back in time. I'm listening. So he's gonna kill John. Turns up, mm-hmm. turns up naked. Turns up naked, and then another Terminator comes back, and it's just kind of like wait, you're doing the same thing. Isn't and I, the I same never with Jurassic Park. A <laughs> <laughs> bunch of dinosaurs escape, kill people. Uh, yes, but people. one is vastly more successful than the other. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I, 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 and that's that. I have like, we had a debate about Jurassic Park, obviously, and my my underlying point is that it's very successful, and that was for me is a full stop. Terminator had an epic start with one and two, but the salvation, which obviously did take a different route, which I applaud, that was discontinued due to lack of success. The um, Amelia Clark. Terminator was discontinued Genesis. due to lack of uh, yeah Genesis discontinued due to lack of success. The recent one that just came out uh, last year uh, discontinued due to lack of success, and that's the point I'm making in terms of you're you're making the same movie each time. But, and um, I, I do you think do, do you think any of, do you think they were? I mean, in the, in those cases, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what their roadmap was in terms of you know did they plan to do you know, three films back to back, two films or make one and just see how it goes. Did they have a, did they have a clear story to tell that span, that span over a number of films or was it just a case of just no film out there? As I've understood it, Salvation was supposed to continue. um, And uh, the, the two other Terminators that I, I cited, as I understand it, well, I don't know, actually, I don't know anything about Terminator 3, if that was supposed to just be a one and done, Oh, I don't mm. even know if it made its money as such. I don't know if it if it was a well received movie at Terminator all. Terminator so Three I, wasn't a one and done. It's the third part of the original film. Oh no, no, excuse me. That I mean, but I, I don't if know it, if, if it was to continue from the beginning. Yeah, it seems like it's a yeah. conclusive ending in mm. that the war happens, and I don't know if it was ever if they envisaged anything beyond that. I'm I, like, I don't actually know. I don't know if that did well. Can I jump in? Anything. Please. Um, so as far as I know. And again, you know, it, it's the internet, so there, there's going to be contrasting opinions. But it sounded as though after Terminator 2, um, some of the original writers, actors, um, Cameron himself, you know, that they, they wanted to do, they wanted to branch out and do new projects, and therefore, you know, they, they felt that they 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 were done with Terminator. I think, as far as I know, Terminator from the, the you know the original writers producers directors was only supposed to be one yeah 
and then one was so successful they were like okay can we do another film so they did terminator 2 and that was incredibly successful but then most of the people involved were like yeah that's that's kind of done but i think you know studio heads were like no 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 come on we can we can carry on the story and we'll do three um they did three it wasn't the same people i don't think cameron was involved don't think the same writers were involved and i don't think three was actually that bad but um it kind of i don't remember it that well to be honest no it was a woman terminator yeah had, had a had a female terminator who who was a sort of cross between the first two terminators oh yes yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> excuse me so yeah it probably kind of you know it probably should have i think finished there but then what happened was it it went to different studios you know man as you as you mentioned yada yada etc etc the the very last film that came about was when they almost did like a, a kind of nostalgia reunion and said, Hey, let's get all the, let's get all the band together. Uh, let's get Cameron. Let's get, you know, let, let's get original writers and get it produced by all the same people. Let's get Linda Hamilton back. They even tried to get the original, uh, John Connor back. Um, but I didn't, that didn't work out and they did not with CGI instead, but <clears throat> They, they made this really weird decision to try and say that everything after Terminator 2 hadn't happened. We're going to retcon, no, it didn't happen. This was the original creator's vision for what should have happened after Terminator 2. And they made a, a fairly decent film, in, in my humble opinion. It, it wasn't bad. It was a lot better than um, a lot of the films that had gone before it. But no one cared. You know, no one went to see it because everyone had been terminated to death with, you know, different resets, soft reboots, different angles. I mean, I thought Terminator Salvation was pretty good. I would have liked to have seen where that went. But because again, they 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 it didn't it wasn't as successful as it needed to be to carry on. They they didn't carry on. And then same with Genesis as you as you mentioned, Imran. So it, the, the the recent one was supposed to just undo everything bad that had happened and do it again it was like a do-over and... can i i'm sorry yeah, to yeah. Jump. I, I, I haven't seen the recent one so i i asked i'm not asking this question with any level of sarcasm attached to yeah. it at all but is does the new terminator basically revolve around two terminators coming back in time um <laughs> sort of that's kind of what it looks like it, it's really weird it's really weird what what kind of happens is i haven't seen it i'd rather oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Can, I, can i just say this the fact that the four of that three of the four of us haven't seen it is a sign that it's not a successful franchise yeah yeah i yeah. think that's my, my the point i was kind of making ultimately was the fact that i think sometimes people or studios whoever need to kind of accept that you, you, they hit gold absolutely with the first two, but then maybe they need to accept that this isn't actually an ongoing story, mm. particularly if you're going to tell it in the same way every single time. Well, well, not, not only that, they put a really good so to go. But Terminator Three, by the way, globally grossed four hundred and thirty-three million dollars. I just looked right. it up, which is pretty good for a film mm. in two thousand three, right? Mm. So it wasn't even a it wasn't a financial failure at all, right? And it ends really well in in the fact yeah. I always like to compare term, the Terminator series to the Matrix series in that they're very very similar story ideas, 
Um, except the Terminator 3 ends with the world going to shit like it's supposed to. And the time loop is is complete. It's, it's complete, not, yeah. it's complete. It works for a They really should have stopped it there. Terminator 4 actually picks up on that and it doesn't break the continuity. Because it so, starts in the war, doesn't it? That's right. It's so, um, so yeah, they, yeah. Um, what I wanted uh, to go to TJ's original question about what makes uh, a franchise fail or not or why are some successful? My feeling is that if you look at, I want to pick out three very successful franchises, right? Um, and I'll use as an example, uh, the Marvel movies, the Star mm. Wars films, Harry Potter, and I'll, I'll throw in James Bond, right? I think we'd all agree that all four of those are fairly successful, right? In all of those cases, maybe less so with the Harry Potter stuff, all of the stories were preconceived almost completely before they went into film. They were planned in some form. The Marvel uh, MCU, as we famously know, they sat down, they planned it out. With the James Bond films, nearly all of the books, the original, say, six or seven films, they'd all been written by Ian Fleming already. Um, with the Harry Potter stuff, obviously entire series of books have been written before she started filming anything, even the new ones of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, although that's a bit tenuous based on what those books actually are. And even with Star Wars, um, the first, each block of films, well, with the notable exception of the last three, were kind of told before they started making them. So I, feel I think like... that's the same with the Bond films, though, because I think with the, the more recent, well, everything beyond Timothy Dalton, I think, is an original story and not an Ian Fleming story. I could be wrong. No, that's not true because Casino Royale is actually the Sorry. original. Sorry. In fact, in fact, Casino Royale. Uh, no, in, and and uh, Quantum of Solace. Is um, that any of them? Yeah, there's a there's a It's a novella called Quantum uh, of Solace. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I, uh, sorry, yeah. So you, you're right, and but I also think there's it's been a there's been some uh, like original stories, but yeah, to, to your point, yes, I, I think I think a large portion of the material is uh, yeah from originally written stories. It was, pre, so, yeah. it was kind of not not just original <laughs> stories, but pre-planned, yeah, pre in some yeah. way, rather than retrofitted, which is exactly what's happened with the DCU, and it looks like that's what's happened with Terminator. Um, I don't know what other failures. It, I mean, Jurassic Park, they just like, let's make another movie, let's make another movie. The first two of the three films. Right, it's, it's difficult because it gets messy with Jurassic Park, are quite mm. faithful to Michael Crichton's original story. Mm. It's just that they, a lot of people don't even realise that Jurassic Park is based on a novel by quite a, 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 you know, a revered writer. And they took his first novel uh, and split it into two or three films, really. There's definitely stuff which happens in the second and third movies, which is in the first book that he wrote. And he did actually write two books. So... Um, Who Michael Crichton? I, it depends on who you speak to. Oh, <laughs> I, I I generally don't know. That if you speak was... to Dennis, it's Crichton. If you speak no, to anyone else, I, I, it's I, I, I say I say Crichton and Crichton, depending on who I talk to. Oh, I've heard okay. it. I've I've heard it. I've heard him referred to like by people who supposedly know what they're talking about as Crichton, and I've heard him oh. referred to as Crichton. And I don't know how it's meant to be said. It's the same way. Is it David Bowie or David Bowie? Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't true. know which one it is, I and mean, it depends on who you ask and what country they're in at that point in time. So, um, so forgive me, internet, if I've said his name wrong. I don't know how it's actually meant to be pronounced. Um, so, on your uh, on your point then about original stories, Aliens and Predator, two pretty big franchises. I, I would I would very... say I would I would accuse the Aliens of being a disaster. 
with varying degrees of success or yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was gonna follow, yeah, I was gonna follow that so again where have they kind of gone wrong is it is, should it have been a case of we've done one and two I guess I'm not sure, with aliens. I'm not sure yeah. with aliens the reason I say aliens is a disaster is because of fan response I'll be honest and I've enjoyed most of the aliens films I've watched but a lot of people didn't and then I guess mm. the question is how do you define success do you define success at the box office or do you define success in terms of the fans because if we're going to talk about that let's talk about you know favorite point of discussion the Phantom Menace very high grossing film like massively high grossing not popular with the fans so which is it successful or not Transformers as well it's uh I think yeah, another, another one good example yeah. Fall into that. yeah but I think the issue with Aliens is that as soon as you go to Prometheus, like Prometheus is actually quite a good film. Um, I would say, you know, you know, critically and from a fan standpoint, most people enjoyed it, but most people would acknowledge that it wasn't, it didn't feel like Aliens. It, it is almost, it's part of the same, dare I say, franchise, but it's a completely new story and as soon as they as soon as um they started telling that story wait, wait is there any doubt that it's part of the same franchise or yeah well, no, they no, actually no. did officially he he said at the beginning that it wasn't he actually said that uh oh. what's his name um uh sorry i'm, I'm, I'm at a loss know, uh it's not cameron oh, again, is it? no not no, cameron the original guy really uh, scott Thank you. Ridley Scott at one point said it wasn't part of the Aliens series. (laughs) Yeah, he did. He said it himself. And I I always suspect... Is that that still the case? No, I've always suspected it's because he was trying to either A, surprise everybody, or B, (laughs) trying to avoid some kind of legal issue. Because how he could say it's not part of the same series, I have no idea. Yeah, that's weird. (laughs) All right. it It was really strange because... Um, I think a lot of fans were very irritated that Prometheus was, even if it, you know, it, it is telling the same story. It's telling the origins, you know, it, it's quite an important story to be told. But I don't think, you know, people wanted more xenomorphs and there's not really a lot in that film. And then he, you know, he kind of got almost like a blank check to do a load more films which everyone you know alien covenant it's like it's got alien in the title everyone expected another survival horror um and i was really excited about it but it's essentially it was prometheus 2 but but can i just say about alien covenant it's the only example of a film that i've seen in the cinema which made a previous film better because Prometheus, I was very meh about after I saw it. All right. But after I saw Alien Covenant, I thought, oh, actually, now that I think back, that makes a lot more sense out of Prometheus. And it actually managed to improve the previous movie with a second film. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Which I think is unfortunate because I think a lot of people who weren't happy with Prometheus probably never bothered with Alien Covenant. And if they had, they'd probably be more forgiving of Prometheus. You're right. But if you saw all the... the the kind of you know the PR about it and the trailers. The trailers made it look like you know an, another kind of survival horror film in space, i.e., a group of humans go somewhere to discover something. They end up coming across 
the xenomorphs or the you know the the dna or whatever it is that causes um the the aliens to gestate and feed on humans etc that that was how it was kind of built and then when then when it kind of came to the you know the reality of it 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 was it was pretty much it it was a continuation of david's story you know the yeah. android it wasn't really about you know the humans were were fairly meaningless that to the entire story and you weren't meant to care about them there, there was no you know there was no basic human story arc it was the story of david which isn't i'm not saying that's a terrible thing but that's not what it was sold as hmm but I, well, I was about to say you said it's, you don't think it's a terrible thing. I was going to say, is that really a terrible thing? <laughs> um, I mean, the idea, the idea that uh, for something to remain successful, which is sort of something I wanted to talk about in more detail, is um, that it has to keep being the same thing. I mean, Imran, you've already said about you know taking the same story and doing it over and over again, uh, and why would that actually be successful? Um, whereas you'd want to introduce new ideas so this sort of brings me into the realm of star trek right where i know that it has been said that uh the most recent star trek discovery doesn't feel like star trek because of certain fundamental differences in the dynamic of the cast on screen um it's the first show which isn't really based around the focused around like uh the captain and the crew and it's very much focused on one or two cast members only um but so what you know if you keep doing the same thing over and over and again that makes it dry right so, well i think that, that's i was actually that leads me quite nicely into kind of a next phase i was going to you know discuss around the future of franchises what what things are you guys looking forward to and what uh, to your point what how do we keep how do we make franchises successful do you change things up and make it for a new generation? Do you keep it the same so that the old fans uh, feel nice and comfortable and fuzzy and warm? I, I, my, I personally... Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll shut up. Cut that bit out. Go on, Imran. <laughs> no, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Set me up a little bit. I, I was, I was going to say that it should be some kind of permadeath Iron Man mode. You know what I mean? Like you're having games where <laughs> you don't refit stuff all the time. You have to live with your consequences and the constant rejigging or the ability, the undo button that we've in entered into society, the idea that we could just go back and erase something or retcon it or fix it. Oh, that never happened. Well, yes, it did. I paid 15 pounds to see that happen. Don't tell me it didn't happen. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's quite important. Yeah, well, it's true. It's when you look at it a lot. I mean, look at with Star Wars with the extended universe. Disney come along to yeah, all, all that, all that stuff that we said was Star Wars canon isn't <laughs> Star Wars you, canon. That that's I, stuff you grew up reading, loving, yeah, all those characters you fell in love with. Giving you money for. So, in order for a franchise <clears throat> to be successful, I think people have to believe because you've got to invest in it, right? People have yeah. to believe that they're going to invest in something and it's going to be valid. I don't want to watch you know, seven seasons of 25 episodes per season of The Flash or of Star Trek or whatever, only to find out that half of it wasn't valid. That's a waste of my time. So I think that's something that the world of TV has to get on board with. Stop reinventing stuff, be a little bit more committed to the stories that you're telling and maybe do less stuff and make it more sort of enduring and permanent. When you, when you say TVs, like, what are you... Referring to anything specific or something along the line? Sorry, go ahead. 
What on the, what, what, as an example you, of that? Yeah, yeah. I'm just curious how how you mean TVs TV shows should be more aware of of that sort of thing. What would it? Well, give Shield for example, right? Yeah. It's the Shield is really the only sort of you know failure apart from maybe the Inhumans that Marvel Studios have really done. I'm not quite sure why the Inhumans is a failure because most people I know haven't watched it, which is weird because people give it a bad time, but most people haven't seen it. But Shield's an example. They, they keep killing off characters and bring them back in another form, which I know happens in comics, but oh, not to the extent it does. I was going to say, yeah. that's that the classic comic trope though, right? In the, no one bit, ever really dies in comics. They take it a bit far. You know, how can I be invested with Coulson dying if I know he's going to come back? Now, the first time, yes, okay, great. Second, third, fourth. How many times has he died and come back in different forms? I, I, I've lost I've actually lost count. I think right? it's at least four or five. Yeah. So, uh, so oh, Coles, Coulson's going to die again. I wonder how he's going to come back next season. They did the same with that character. Maybe he's like, maybe he's like Captain Scarlet. <laughs> he dies at the end of every episode and you bring him but back. It, it sort of lessens the power of story when yeah. there is no validity in a character. Because Marvel have managed things very well in uh, in the Ultimate Universe in comics, where it was like, no, no, people are going to die and they're going to stay dead. And that's what they did in the Ultimate Universe. Hmm. Um, and they've kind of so far done that with the Cinematic Universe, notable exception of Coulson. Yeah. So I, I think, I, yeah, yeah, true. Sorry. So, uh, so, yeah, so... Imran, what are your thoughts on future um, franchises? Well, I, I think the, the way you asked the question initially was, was really key because you said, how do we keep these going for future generations? And I think that's probably the problem. Um, I think studios keep looking back to things like um, things that have been going since the 90s, like Terminator, Predator, Aliens, and think, how can we continually repackage this for future mm -hmm. generations? And I, I kind of think that that's probably part of the problem part of something that should stop i think the the notion that dennis has sort of already said about a franchise beginning knowing what the whole story is knowing what the end story is um is, is probably something that needs to happen a little bit more that comprehension that a franchise or an ongoing story needs to have a shelf life it needs to have a, an ultimate direction because this kind of to a story arc and, and finishing absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. I, I think even if you do that, for example, and it's a project that lasts, say, four or five years, if you, you know, in years to come, years and years to come, if you then want to say, now we can enter the conversation of rebooting and telling stories in slightly different ways or hmm. kind of revisiting it, but kind of sort of this continual revisiting of the same story and trying to keep a story that started in 30 years ago in many of the examples that we've discussed and almost trying to create a timeline back then for a movie that was uh, created as a single movie. It's just, it, it becomes a, a tedious, I think, in a way. I guess... <sighs> There's a there's a difficulty there though, isn't there? Around, you know, you're on the one hand, you're 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 trying to make a movie that appeals to people that remember the Terminator franchise, for example. But then you're also trying to attract new viewers to to come to the to see your movie for whatever reason. Like, you know, if if they again, just saying this for argument's sake, if they change too much of the story or go in a completely different direction, don't give original fans of the franchise what they think they want you know 
people yeah, are going to be that way. But then at the same time, yeah. like to your point, if you go and just retread the same steps, then they're going to be people going, well, you told that story already. Why am I going to go and see? Yeah, um, Where, so where's I the guess- balance in that? Yeah, so taking the, the sort of the former example of what you said, I mean, look at say Battlestar Galactica. Those, yeah. the, those two shows are separated by decades, and yeah. it's, it's got to shut up. Sorry, I was well, oh, no. in my mouth. <laughs> okay, well, we'll shut get up. to that in a moment. But um, I guess you, you don't get so famous. much, so much time. <laughs> so much time has passed that you can recreate that story and still take it into new directions because you have a vision for what that story is now telling you. Yeah. Dan, your thoughts? Can I just? I'm so sorry. Can I, oh. Is Dennis not a fan? I was. No. A massive, I was a massive fan of Battlestar Galactica when the miniseries came out and uh, and all. It was great. <laughs> they should have stopped about five episodes before the end of season of their last season. The okay. last three episodes is the longest and most rubbish ending to okay. a TV series I've ever seen. And then they definitely shouldn't have done Caprica. Okay. Have you seen Caprica? I stopped watching it a few episodes in because I just couldn't get on board oh. with the idea that the Cylons were came from this sort of overachieving emo uh, girl personality. It just didn't work. For, it just didn't work for me. It just didn't. Well, work I, I have to say, I watched Caprica and I, I really hated it. It was like watching Hollyoaks in space for the first. <laughs> two or three episodes but i really i don't know why but i i persevered and once i got a little bit further into it it, it was really good i i was really genuinely I, I enjoyed it and if you're a battlestar galactica fan you need to see it because it it ties up some really interesting loose ends and it gives yeah, you i really enjoyed it it gives you so much nostalgia about the origins of of you know the colonies and, and and the main families, the family names that are obviously then taken into the subsequent series. I, you know, just to be clear, I liked Battlestar Galactica. I just think it really suffered from what was effectively the writer's strike, poor writing, them stretching things out in places where they just didn't need to. And it's a shame because it started off so strong, but it really goes wonky at the end in terms of, you know, uh, of how they resolve the story and how long it took them to resolve the story. It was just, it was a bad time. Anyway, <laughs> anyway going back on track. Uh, Dan, how do you feel franchises can make themselves successful? What, you know, how do, you, how do we make them better going forward in the future? I think I kind of broadly agree with what Imran is saying, is don't try and keep retelling the same story. Don't, don't I will, I'll in Terminator 8. <laughs> i think you know i mean i remember watching the um i forgot his name toby Maguire spider-man and the third film okay it's not great and it may be full of comedy memes and and really humorous moments (laughs) (laughs) that makes me feel physically sick what they do with that but but I still feel like they could have just carried on. It wouldn't, the, the, the main, the, the fundamental, uh, you know, characters, actors, every, everything in that, that universe that had been established was still good enough that they could have just carried on. Um, I mean, they did it. Why did they stop? Um, 
I think they just or, stopped. Or, I mean, there's quite a big gap in time between the Toby Maguire and, and, and the Andrew Garfield, Garfield one. Um, yeah. I mean, they, he would have been too old. Bear in mind that Peter Parker is meant to be a teen. So yeah. there's no way that they could pull that off with Toby Maguire later, 10 years later. But he's still, um, he's not got a baby face. He probably still looks like he's 12 years old, 12 years old now. He does, he does. But yeah, it's a strange one because even the Andrew Garfield films, I don't think they, they were dreadful, um, but they weren't as good as the first Tobey Maguire films. Mm. But again, the studios, um, they, they did a hard stop. It, it, there was a lot of universe building and a lot of kind of introducing what was going to come next in those films, but they stopped it and, and then... You know, it, it wasn't are, very long before. There, Sorry, go on. There were a couple of things at play there, though. One of the one of the reasons they stopped was because I do believe that Andrew Garfield himself really upset Sony with some comments that he made, uh, um, okay. and uh, also Sony became aware that whilst those films were moderately success, successful, they were never going to make as much money as they would if Marvel Studios did it. Bear in mind that with with the um, Spider-Man... So Sony get a piece of the action every time Spy uh, yeah. Tom Holland or any Spider-Man character is in the main Marvel MCU. So if you think about it, for a Sony executive, they have to do absolutely zero to make money. Zero. They don't have to pay anything, right? So they just get Marvel. That's, the key, reason, that's the key reason why that deal got, got yeah. re... Got re uh, re-upped when it, when it nearly expired. So, so if you're... If you're the boss of Sony Studios or whatever, you're like, well, we can spend 200 million on making a film with an actor who said, you know, horrible things about us maybe, and maybe it will make like a 10% return or we do nothing and make loads of money off Marvel Studios. It's it's a pretty, pretty uh, much a no-brainer, really. And I think that's the real reason why that happened. Fair play. So I guess just to summarise, I would rather see a story that that hasn't been finished continued because we we've already kind of um invested in in that story and those characters or if they're not going to do that just stop trying to reset and retell the same story with with new actors and new um new producers directors writers whatever but just try and do something interesting in that universe because ghostbusters is another is is another example where there should have been a third film after one and two. One and two were pretty, you know, well, one was incredible. Two, I still liked, but not everyone <laughs> loves Ghostbusters 2. But the, the problem was the third film didn't happen and the studios couldn't make it happen. The actors were all disagreeing with each other, you know, um, so it didn't happen. And then they did it with they they decided to do it not even really in the same universe but they did it with you know a, a female cast. yeah that does possibly film the uh ladies one is weird look not nothing to do with the fact that it's women but the fact that i i, I still don't understand when it's supposed to be set no. it, like the, yeah. like what like what, what is it Part of the same? Is it part of the franchise? Can I don't know. Can I, can is, I interject here with a funny Ghostbusters story? Because I, I, actually, I went to see it with Dan. We went to see it together, didn't we, Dan? And it yeah, was a press showing. And do you remember what happened at the cinema that, that day? It was, I thought it was hilarious. So we're at the Empire Lesser Square, and they do the opening sequence, which has the guy in it from Silicon Valley. I can't remember his name. 
And it was, uh, you know, there's that haunted house thing at the beginning. And it was scary enough that there was a child in the audience who absolutely... Do you remember? <laughs> this child started crying and screaming, was terrified by what was on screen. They had to, I don't think they stopped the, the film, but they had to take the child, <laughs> out, the child out. It was Damn. hilarious. And as at a press screening okay, for, a, for a humor horror film, I couldn't think of a better way for it to start. And it kind of set the tone for the rest of the film. I think we enjoyed the movie, partly because of that scared child at the beginning. Crying children always set me in a good mood. (laughs) Oh, God. I I guess just to sort of, yeah, my my last point would be um, Matrix 1 was supposed to be a standalone film, and then they did the next two because they wanted to make more money. Now, I didn't. Highlander, another example, just popped in my head of a film, great first film. And then what the hell? <laughs> oh, but with me, I'm at least like I I don't I don't particularly feel the need to see any more Matrix films. But at least knowing that they are doing it, I'm quite happy that there's some that you know that the 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 same actors and actresses are coming back. It's the same writer director, well one of them, and you know, there's an element of continuity because it, the idea of them redoing it all from the start would have just done my head in. I would just been like, oh, no, I can't. There was nothing wrong with the first film. I don't want to see it all again. So, well, okay. sorry, just on your question uh, there, TJ. So my, my feeling is in order to make franchises work, again, both what Imran and Dan said, I completely agree. Like what I said before, you need to commit, stop trying to re you know, restart everything. I think a good example of how it can work actually is how Marvel Studios have handled Spider-Man in the MCU. When they bring him in, they do not do the origin story again because we all know the origin story of Spider-Man. There's just no need for us to see it again. And hopefully when they bring in the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, they will do it in a similar way. Um, I think where the X-Men is concerned, when you think about it, there's never actually been a proper origin story of the X-Men. First class isn't quite it. It's nearly it, but it's not quite there. So they could probably do it for X-Men. I think they're they're laying the ground somewhat with, well, with Wonder, it's actually starting with WandaVision. Uh, And I think there's going to be little breadcrumbs that are going to go through that, through Doctor Strange. I think there's going to be little, little bits and bobs that kind of lead up to... I think they're setting WandaVision up. A lot of people are saying that you know, are postulating that they're setting up for X-Men. I think they're setting WandaVision, setting up the Fantastic Four, not not the X-Men. Uh, and, and the key character, the key character from the comics is Agatha Harkness. Yeah. It yeah. Fantastic okay. Four is, is actually, you know, that, that there's a film on that's been slated Whereas there's no, there's no well, X-Men films. Also like, with the Fantastic Four is that in the Marvel Universe, they're the only ones that really go universe hopping. It's the Fantastic Four which hop from one universe to another. And mm. the whole multiverse storyline that was done with, that comes from the Infinity Stone saga in the comic books culminates with, with the Molecule Man recreating multiple universes between Malcolm Man and Reed Richards and the, and the Future Foundation, and they go off and they start recreating multiple universes. So it makes far more sense that the multiverse idea would tie in with the Fantastic Four than it would with the X-Men, because 
there's never really there has been some multiverse stuff with the X-Men but that really comes out of the uh, der der more derivative Excalibur stuff written by Alan Moore and drawn by Alan Davis for Captain Britain where they talk in fact I don't know if you guys know this but the whole idea of of numbers in the Marvel Universe comes from Alan Moore originally um, Joe Quesada quite famously said in an interview if he could change one thing about the Marvel Universe it would be the idea that there were multiple universes and he would eradicate the idea of Marvel 616 well that hasn't worked out for him has it because now they've even got a TV series called that so <laughs> so uh, so I would I would go with more likely and this is you know again that's just my own personal theory partly because I'd yeah. love to see that happen but it feels to me that it make more sense to go down the uh, because the character of Agatha Harkness who if people don't know, it effectively is, yeah. is a babysitter know, for Franklin Richards and yeah. a babysitter for the twins for, uh, from... Wicked from, and uh, Speed. Yes. And that makes complete sense. And she also shows up in a fair amount of Spider-Man comics as yeah. well. So... I'm, st I'm sticking with my theory. I'm staying true. I think it's, I think it's leading into mutant creation. All the okay, creation of mutants. But... Um, but I was gonna. Oh, go on. Yeah, no, I was gonna say just to go full circle. Not so much on that topic, but I have, think I figured out what may, might be the first example of a franchise. Um, okay. I've been sitting and thinking about it, and could it be the good, Life the bad, and the ugly? The good, the bad, and the ugly uh, for a few dollars more and a fistful of dollars. Is that a franchise? Uh, is it? Because the only thing, it's, it's the only thing about stories starring the same character. But it, but that's the only thing that connects the stories, isn't it? Is the character? Yeah, I think Eastwood is the only recurring. Oh no, wait, isn't Lee Van Cleef in a couple of them? Yeah, right. but what I mean is the stories are different. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. They, and I don't know if when they okay. made the first film, did they actually plan to make three? Was it a case of well, this is popular, let's make another one? I don't, I, I don't actually know, but I wonder if that's the first example of it. That's that's not a bad shout. Cannonball Run is another one that comes to mind because I swear that also utilizes other characters from TV. Uh, do you know what? I read a very interesting thing about the Cannonball. Spoken uh, about it. Um, yeah. Yes, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose so. the Cannonball Run films actually based. Well, right. So there is a Cannonball Run Run event. Yeah. Event, but they're actually based. The characters are actually based on people who are in those races. So, oh, wow. the, so the guy, uh, the guy who created the Cannonball Run, entered the race, and in order to avoid the police had a van which he disguised as an ambulance and got an actual doctor to go with him, just like in the film. And there were there was mostly guys driving the cars, but there were a couple of women driving a sports car. And it like all of the characters in the film are represented by people in reality that did the race. Which I think is quite interesting. Yeah. Um just to wrap up, I'm gonna ask one more very good question, because I think we're getting to the end of our End of our chat. Um, looking forward, still, what a franchise continuation or reboot, whatever, are you looking forward to the most? Imran, hit me. I'm going to give a mega boring answer, but uh, I'm going to go with MCU um, on the premise uh, that... <laughs> on, the, on the premise that it's now extending into the Disney Plus shows and they're treating them, they've been very vocal about wanting to treat those shows with much reverence and the fact that they are tying into movies and things. So 
Uh, I'm fascinated to see. I know we're. Uh, I'm only two episodes into WandaVision at the moment, and there's four available. So obviously, there's Falcon and Bucky still to come, and the Loki trailers out. So I'm I'm fascinated to see how it will extend into um, the the TV inverted commas TV universes, and nice. where they'll pick up from there. So yeah, that'll be my pick. Cool. Dan? And Terminator Nine as well. I'm looking super. <laughs> Dan, what are you looking forward to? Um, I guess, yeah, I guess I'm going to say Star Wars, um, because Mandalorian was so damn good that suddenly I have so much, um, kind of anticipation and hope for the, I mean, I guess it, it, this isn't really film franchise, but yeah, the, the ongoing kind of Disney plus, uh, Star Wars TV show franchises, I think, or franchise, could you know potentially uh really make up for the car crash that were the recent films uh except for rogue one and solo so yeah hoping that that continues oh. vein of four. <laughs> dennis don't do it dennis <laughs> what are you I, looking for in the future uh, well, I've still got a couple of other points that I wanted to talk about, but I realise we're out of time. Um, but I want to pick up on something that Dan just said. I think the future of the fan franchise is actually television. I think the, the franchise owners are starting to realise that it's a safer bet to do things on TV. The, the recent success... You mean via, you mean via streaming services? Yeah. Like serials, I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's become streaming services. A lot of them weren't necessarily intended that way, but that's a, I think that's a different discussion. But uh, for example, Watchmen is a good example of something that where because you can tell a longer story on television than you can in the cinema. And I think in order for some of these stories to play out a bit, you ha they have to be longer. WandaVision is a great example of something that's working very well. It was a bit weird the first couple of episodes. I think people were like, well, where are they going with this? And now if you've seen up to the fourth, if you've seen episode four, you're like, oh, wow, this is quite cleverly told. Um, mm -hmm. And you can't do that in cinema. And plus we're entering an age where, you know, the future of cinema is unstable. So I think the future of franchises is really... Uh, tele television. I also wanted to add that to, to Imran's point about doing the same thing over and over again and getting different results. I can think of a great exception, which seems to be terribly, terribly popular. Um, even though, I, yes, <laughs> even though I don't, watch those films, I don't watch those films. I don't watch those films not for no other reason than I'm like, well, I've seen one, you've seen them all, right? But they're I, so popular. I'm so down for the Fast and Furious franchise, and it's the same, same. No, actually, no. That's that's that, that's slightly incorrect. It's not the same thing every time. It's largely the same thing every time. But each film just gets more and more bonkers as they go I along. I, you kind of go, they can't get any more bonkers than the last film, and then they do something. You're like, okay, I was completely wrong. I, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't interested in Fast and Furious films beyond the first one until I saw the trailer for Hobbs and Shaw, which is a yeah. spin-off. And I'm like, yep. this is the most ridiculous film trailer I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I have to see it. No, I haven't have seen it. Have you seen I, the trailer for the for the the next one or the no? The, yeah. Right. I can't convince Gavin to see it. So watch it, watch just watch the trailer for the next one, and you'll be like, okay, that tops anything else seen seen before. It's just absolutely insane. Okay, um, as for what I'm looking forward to, uh, I, I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to side with Imran here and say that I'm really just looking forward to the MCU stuff because I've seen. Okay, disclaimer again. I work in the industry and I know stuff, right? 
So I know stuff that's coming that you guys don't know, and I'm not going to talk about it publicly. Mm. Um, but I, but even aside from that, I just think the way they're handling it is just really, really good. Um, if you haven't seen it, IMDb have a little sort of movie news channel called IMD Brief or something like that. And this week's one is about this year's offerings of the MCU on television. And it covers a little bit more than the announcements that were made. It's worth, if you can find it, you go into IMD, if you go into IMDb and look for it, there's, you know, Kevin Feige's on there, or Feige, Feige, another, another dubious explanation, uh, yeah. pronunciation. Uh, he's on there talking about Winter Soldier, what if uh, Moon Knight? What if looks um, really good? What's the other one he speaks about in there? Loki, and I think another one as well. I, I can't remember. Uh, that's worth looking at. But I just think the way they've handled it is is just very very good. And they're not so far. They've not gone back and redone anything. They they they're going forward because they've got thousands of stories they can tell. Um, Star right. Wars, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. But they've dropped the ball a couple of times as well. And you know, if there were no more Star Wars films, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind, um, but if there if there are, I'll watch them. So, <laughs> so you know, you know um, I think for me uh, to be boring, but MCU and specifically, um, I want to see what they do with the X Men. I want to see how they bring them in. You know, like you say, whether they do like a, a true origin setup, or I have some theories about where I think they might go uh, from what I've seen in one division <laughs> but um yeah I, I that that's part really excites me but um outside that it's a bit of a bit of a left field one i'm interested to see what ghostbusters is is saying i'm oh. interested to see if it's going to be anything interesting if it's going to be the start of anything interesting maybe i don't know uh that one's got me curious um and also also uh the batman film with patterson again curious to see if that's the start of something uh, really looking forward to seeing seeing him in the role in particular. Are we going to uh, see another Batman origin though? Uh, I'm hoping not. But, um, you know, I really you wish know. they'd kept. I really wish they'd kept going in the direction with Batfleck because not specifically because I liked Ben Affleck in the role, but I thought the way they sort of had him come out of retirement and they sort of suggest a previous past, which could have been yeah. any of the previous movies. I thought that was a great way to do it. You know, they didn't. They didn't say whether or not this is actually the Batman from the Christopher Nolan films or a previous one or something unrelated. Believe, it kind of worked. I believe this is supposed to be Batman Year One. Right. As yeah. long as we don't get another origin so, story, please. I, don't, know. I think it might just be a one of those ones where in the opening credits you get like flash, flashes of his parents getting shot or whatever stuff that you already know, and then it's and then it goes mm. into and then it Why goes is, into the story, but. Well, what worries me is in the trailer, you, there's a clear shot where he says, well, who's this guy? And he goes, I'm Batman. Do you know what I mean? Effectively, as if no yeah. one had ever heard of him before, which means to me, he says, well, yeah, so, all the way back to the beginning. So yeah, if it's, if, if it's the Batman year one graphic novel story that they're largely following, uh, mm. yeah, a lot of that is when he first sticks on the cowl, isn't it? So, mm. <laughs> but yes, anyway, we are indeed, as they say, out of time. And we have discussed many things, which I hope you all enjoyed. Um, 
Gentlemen, we didn't we didn't talk about the crossover miniseries between Battlestar Galactica and Jar Jar Binks, though, TJ. There's the reason why we didn't talk about that. Okay, all right. So. <laughs> I shall uh, I shall not go into. Otherwise, I shall be using a lot of expletives. Anyway, um, thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. See you next time.
Ghost.